Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. So I'm going to cover the first three we've already talked about. Number one, don't make church optional. If you're going to make church optional as a believer, then don't, don't blame God for not being prepared for what's coming. Because every time you're in church, if you hear from God like you're supposed to, pay attention, get a hold of what God's saying to you, jot a couple notes, meditate on those things. God's seed, remember Mark 4, the sower? God's seed's being imparted into your heart so that you'll have a harvest to come. Every time you miss church, you're missing out on a harvest to come. If you're going to make church optional in the last days, you're not going to be prepared for what's coming down the pike. Bible's clear about it. Absolutely. Number two, we've already touched on these. Number two, make your relationship with God a daily priority. Make your relationship with God a daily priority. Most Christians don't. How do I do that? The Bible. The Word of God. Primarily New Testament for believers in this day and age. Doesn't mean you can't read the old. But you need to fellowship with God through the Word of God. You need to open that Bible and literally take it like God's speaking to you because He is. It's not about reading X amount of chapters a day. It's about fellowshipping with your God. It's about listening to Him as you read those scriptures and let Him speak to you and reveal stuff to you. We talked in detail about how to do that. But you got to understand, how many many know if you walk close with God, you're going to be well equipped for what's ahead. Number three, I'm going to come back and touch on this briefly this morning. you got to make renewing your mind a daily practice. You got to make renewing your mind a daily practice. Your mind's not saved. Your soul, your soul's not saved. Mind, will, and emotions. Your spirit got saved. Your spirit got born again. Your spirit became brand new. Aren't you glad about that? What do you got to do with your mind? Renew it. What do I need to do? I need to make renewing my mind a daily practice. Now, we talked a little bit about this last week as as an example, just in relationship to other aspects of what we see in life, right? Look at athletes. Look at Olympic athletes. I use the rodeo world that I came out of. Look at baseball. Look at football. I'm not trying to emphasize athletics. I'm just talking about how they get good at what they do. They get good at what they do because guess what? They practice over and over and over again the same thing. You know why they know to do this? Because they know if they don't, they won't stay sharp, they won't stay precise, and they won't be as good as they can be. But you know what? That's true of a believer. The Bible doesn't say renew your mind once. The Bible doesn't say renew your mind weekly. The Bible doesn't say renew your mind yearly. The Bible says renew your mind daily. You You need to make a daily practice of renewing your mind. Now, let me show you why that's so important. You ready for this? Watch this. What you think about, you will believe. What you believe, you will speak. And what you speak, you will have. You want want to be prepared for what God has ahead? What you think about, you'll believe. Whatever you think about long enough, you'll believe. Remember the old statement, if you hear a lie long enough, you'll believe it? It's true. Because what you think about, eventually, guess what will happen? You'll start believing it. So what you think about, you'll believe. What you believe about, you'll start what? You'll eventually start speaking out of your mouth. And the Bible's clear. When you start speaking out of your mouth what you believe, Mark 11, you're going to have it. You're going to have whatever you say. If you believe it in your heart and speak it, good or bad, 
Guess what? You're going to have what you say. I know of so many instances, you know, of people who have died at a young age because they said, I'll never live beyond this, this, this age of my life. You know, a lot of people don't know. Kathy reminded me of this the other day based on what happened to his, uh, his uh, daughter. Elvis Presley died at a young age. You know why? He died at the same age his mama died. You know what he used to say all the time? I'll never live past the age of my mama. And he didn't. You can say what you want, folks, but the Bible's clear. I'm not even talking about Elvis being proof. I'm just telling you the Bible shows that those kind of things actually have an effect on your life. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And if you believe something and speak it, the Bible says you'll have it. Well, I don't believe that. Well, God said it. God said it so. So if you don't believe it, you're telling God he's a liar. But what determines what I believe? What you think about. That's why you got to practice renewing your mind daily. Because if you start thinking about what God wants you to think about, guess what you're going to start believing in? What God wants you to believe in. Guess what you're going to start speaking? What God says he wants you to speak. And guess what you're going to start experiencing? What God has for you ahead. So if you want to be equipped for what's ahead, listen to me. you got to make what? you got to make renewing the mind a daily practice. I'm going to show you how. Because I didn't have really a lot of time to finish up on that in detail last week. But as an example, uh, you know, you take again, I gave multiple examples of different athletes. You cannot, on the back of a bull, I rode bulls for 16 years. You cannot, on the back of a bull, mentally tell your body every little thing it needs to do. You have to get on a practice barrel, a stationary barrel is like really the best thing you can get on, to just practice the proper moves over and over and over again. Why? Because your body needs to automatically react. It's happening so fast. Your body needs to automatically react. Wes was a great bareback rider. This guy wrote, man, he's an incredible bareback rider in his day. And won a lot of good rodeos, a lot of, won a lot of tough rodeos. But I'll tell you why he was so good at that spur and stroke, because he practiced it all the time. See, if you're going to dr- truly get good at walking with God, you've got to understand this about your soul. You ready? Yeah. I said, are you ready? Yeah. If you don't practice renewing your mind daily, your soul will default to your old Adamic nature. But if you renew your mind daily, practice renewing your mind daily, guess what will be your automatic reaction when something comes at you? Automatically, you're going to default to God, what God's word says, what God tells you to do. Now, we looked at this in Hebrews 4.12 because in Hebrews 4.12, it tells you the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide what? Soul from spirit. What's the soul? Old Adamic nature. What's the spirit? The new nature, the God nature. What's the only thing that can tell me the difference between what's of the old Adamic nature and what's of my new nature? The word of God's the only thing. So if I'm renewing my mind daily to the word of God, guess what my mind gets actually developed in? It gets developed in knowing what God says. And then when I face situations that I don't have time to stop and think. See, most of you open your mouth without even thinking about it. What if I was practicing renewing my mind every day? And because I'm going to do that still in my life as a believer, but instead of defaulting to the flesh, I now default to the spirit. Because I've practiced it. Amen. So you got to practice. Say practice. You got to practice renewing your mind what? Daily. If you want to be prepared for what's ahead. Now, if this is just, you know, that's just too much for me to do. Then what you're saying is, I don't really want to walk in what God has for me in my future. Because you're going to default to the Adamic nature if you don't do it. Amen. It's just like an athlete. If they don't continue to practice, they'll default back to obviously the mistakes they were making before unless they get back in the practice pen again. 
I remember talking to Jeff Copenhaver, you know, who was my only pastor before I started pastoring. He, when he was still rodeoing full-time as a world champion, he was a 1975 world champion calf roper. He said, Daryl, even during the year that I won my world championship, when I was at home, on average, when I had an off day at home, now, I'm here saying calf roping. You know, they would rope a calf like they did out on the ranch, flank them, tie their legs up. He said, when I was at home, you would put a calf on a rope, you know, uh, uh, tied to a fence so you're not having to, you know, get off your horse and rope every time. And run down that rope, flank that calf and practice over and over. And then obviously give him a break, bring another calf on. He said, you know how many times I do that day in a day when I was at home? Hundreds. Hundreds of times in a day so that it's just automatic when it happens. That I don't have to sit there and think through what I'm doing. My body's just going to react. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we can do that spiritually. I said we can do that spiritually. And the Bible tells us so. So we know the Word is the key, right, to how we respond, whether we respond out of the old Adamic nature or the new nature. So we got to practice renewing our mind to the Word of God. Look at Hebrews 5 again. Hebrews 5, 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled, not skillful, not skillful, in the Word of righteousness, for he is a babe. What do you mean, unskilled in the word of righteousness. The day you became right with God, you were given the gift of righteousness. When you got born again, he gave you a gift you couldn't earn. He gave you the gift of righteousness. What does that mean? I'm right with God. Well, the moment you became right with God, guess what that did? That gave you rights. That gave you rights over the enemy. That gave you rights to everything God provided. But you know what? Christians who don't do what he's about to tell you are unskilled. In the word of righteousness. They're unskilled in what their rights are. They don't possess the skill to know what their rights are or how to walk in them. You listening? Because they're only partaking of what? Milk. You know what you're getting right now, folks? You're getting the milk of the word. You need it. You need it. You still need the preaching of the word. You need the seed of the word of God in your life. But then you got to do something with it. So again, if all you do is partake of milk, you just hear sermons, but you don't go any further with renewing your mind to the Word of God, you're going to be unskilled in the area of understanding your right standing as a child of God, what you have a right to, how to use your authority in Christ, how to pray, how to deal with demons, come on, how to overcome the attacks of the enemy. But what must we do? Verse 14, solid food, say solid food. So we get the milk, but then we do what? Then we start chewing on it. The milk is the word of God, but solid food means now we're chewing on it. So notice this. The solid food belongs to those who are full age or those who are mature. That is, underline this please. This is how they become mature. Those who by reason of use have their senses, the old nature. They have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Your spirit doesn't need to have the ability to discern good and evil. It already knows how. This time about your Adamic nature. So you don't falter to that old soulish nature. Your senses will even know. That's right. That's what God said. That's wrong. That's not what God said. That's right. That's the way God said to go. That's wrong. That's not the way God said to go. Yep, that's right. That's what God told me I should say in that situation. Nope, that's, I know I want to say this, but that's not right. I'm not going to say that. If you, if you practice renewing your mind to the Word of God, you'll default to what God says. Because that's what you'll be thinking about. That's what you'll be thinking about. So notice again, those who by reason of use will have their senses, their old nature, exercise. Say exercise. So you got to keep exercising that soul of yours day in and day out. You'll have your soul exercise to discern both good and evil. Well, 
if I'm at that place where I now in my soul know good and evil, wouldn't I choose the good? Why would I choose the evil? We talked about it last week at the end of the service where God set before the children of Israel life and death, blessing and cursing. He even told them what to choose. Choose life. So seriously, if we could slow you down and walk with you all throughout your day, which we can't. Nobody has time to do that. You got to deal with yourself. But if we could, and we saw how you were about to respond to a situation, we stopped you. We said, now, wait a minute. You're about to make a choice here. Hold on. Hold on. Don't don't say nothing yet. Whoa, whoa. Shut up. No, no, no. Don't say nothing yet. You're about to make a choice. I know what they just said to you. I know what they just did to you. I know how they just treated you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Think about what you're about to say. Because what you're about to say cannot be taken back. You're about to release death or life. You're about to release blessing or cursing. Now, which one do you want? Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to choose blessing. But see, guess what? We can't walk around with you every day and do that. But if you practice renewing your mind to the Word of God every day, guess what your senses will know? Uh-uh-uh. Come on, somebody. Guess what your, spirit, what your soul man will know? Nope, 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 nope. Not going there. I would like to, but I know in my heart that's not right. It's not where I'm going to go. But what if I don't practice? What if I don't practice renewing my mind every day? You'll default to the old Adamic nature. And that'll hurt your life. And that'll only hurt your life. That'll hurt other people's lives as well. So notice this. The phrase reason of use there. If you look that up in the Greek, it actually means by practice. By practice. You have to do what? You have to practice renewing your mind to get to solid food. Let's say it again. You have to practice renewing your mind to get to solid food. If all you do is hear the word preached, you're a milk toast Christian. You're a baby milk of the word Christian. If you don't practice renewing your mind of the word, you'll never mature. You'll never mature. You'll never get to solid food while you're not chewing on the word you were given. Come on, somebody. The Bible does say desire the sincere milk of the word, the preaching of the word, that you can grow thereby. But how do I grow thereby? I now start doing what? Renewing my mind of that daily. And as I'm doing that, what am I doing? I'm chewing on the word. See, all you're doing is getting the milk right now, but you take this word and you start chewing on it, and guess what? Now you start maturing. Now you start making it solid food. And now you start practicing the renewing of your mind to the truth, and that truth will set you free. I'm going to read this from God's Word's translation. Listen to this, verse 13. All those who live on milk lack the experience to talk about what is right. All those who live on milk, they lack the experience to talk about what is right. Meaning what? They'll open their mouth and say the wrong thing. How many times you open your mouth in a day and say the wrong thing? And your words, James 3, are determining the course of your life and where it's going. New Testament. Your tongue is like a rudder. Your, your, Your life is the ship and your tongue is determining where you're going. Don't tell me this ain't important. Those who live on milk lack the experience to talk about what is right. They're still babies. They're just babies. They're on the sucky bottle. If all you do is come hear the word preach, you're still on the sucky bottle. You need to take that word you were given and start chewing on it. Get off the sucky bottle and make some steak out of it. Verse 14, however, solid food is for the mature believer, mature people. Whose minds are trained. I want you to get this. You might want to write this down. Whose minds are trained by practice. Whose minds are trained by practice to know the difference between good and evil. See, your senses is referring to your mind. It's referring to the soulish part of you. 
mind, will, and emotions. But if you and I start chewing on the Word of God, guess what happens? Our minds are being trained. Say trained. Our minds are being trained to practice to know the difference between good and evil. So back to the practice pen with the calf roper, the, the spur board with the bareback rider, the stationary bear with the bull rider. What are they doing for hours and hours and hours? They're practicing to get their body to do what they want it to do automatically when they need it to do it. So they don't have to think about it. What is the believer doing by actually feeding on the Word of God beyond the milk? What is the believer actually doing by chewing on the Word of God in context to what that is, as you're going to see in a minute, renewing my mind every day to the Word of God. What is the believer doing? The believer is actually now developing their mind to know the difference between good and evil by practice. By practice. So what you do by daily meditating on the Word, meditating on the Word is renewing the mind. What you're doing is you're going to the practice pen every day. Amen. You know what you need to do every day, believer, with your mind? You need to go to the practice pen. Amen. Word of God. Watch this. Again, however, solid food, verse 14, is for mature people. So if you just want to stay immature, forget what I'm saying. But mature people do what? Their minds are trained. Say their minds are trained. How are they trained? By practice. Their minds are trained by practice to discern between good and evil. So what is the discerner between good and evil again? Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God. So I must renew my mind daily to the Word of God so that I can practice renewing my mind to discern between good and evil. The more you do this, the more your life will change. I've already upped my game on this just since I taught it to you last week. Because guess what 2023 is time for? Spiritual upgrade. Spiritual upgrade. So how do we do this, Pastor? Let me show you one of the easiest verses for the sake of time. Because I just don't have time to reteach this whole part of it. But go to Joshua chapter 1. Go to Joshua chapter 1. You can find many other scriptures on this. But the most precise we can go to is Joshua chapter 1. Well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, and it was written for us to learn from. What what God put in Joshua chapter 1 here is we're going to read. He didn't have to put through the rest of the Bible because he already had it there. Why would I have to rewrite it? Why would I have to put it somewhere else when I already put it in Scripture for you to learn? Although it is mentioned other times. But it's not like i got to keep putting it all through the Bible for you to understand how this works. When you think about it, even from a perspective of a... You know, I can remember as a little kid. I don't know, maybe this wasn't you, but it was me. When I was a little kid, of course, you know, of course, pre-cell phone days, pre-internet, you know, pre-all that stuff. (laughs) I mean, we were outside playing all the time. Or, or if you went to grandma's house and it was too cold, because she lived in Colorado for a period of time, then moved to Montana where we were at. Billings, Montana, we got, some, we got some really cold winters, man, but we'd still go outside and play most of the time. But if you went to grandma's house and grandma was watching you, she wouldn't allow you to go outside by yourself when you were real young because she couldn't keep an eye on you. But my grandma down in her basement had a huge table. My grandma was a seamstress. And she used to make all kinds of clothes. So for her to keep an eye on us in this basement, she would... I remember Lincoln Logs. She, the big, old ton, big old tins, big old tubs of them. And she had multiple tubs of these Lincoln Logs. And she would bring those Lincoln Logs out and set them on the floor and dump them out. And then she'd go to work and me and my brother go to work building on Lincoln Logs. Now, how, we wouldn't even look at... We didn't have back then, we didn't have a, like a, a fold-out plan thing or anything. You know, we're just going with our imagination. and build, You know why? Because God gave you an imagination for a reason. Yeah. So, through our imagination, we'd build all different kinds of buildings and all different kinds of, you know, uh, cabins and stuff like that for hours and hours and hours. But you know what? This is the power of your mind when you practice renewing it to the Word of God every day by meditation. 
You're tapping into that same power. And therefore, you're going to be able to discern between good and evil. Joshua chapter 1, if, you, if you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 8, this book of the law. Now, the book of the law for Joshua was just simply God's directives, God's directions for them in their day. By the way, if you don't know this, this isn't referring just in fact to what was known as the Old Testament law because it was more written than just that. But understand this, the law was God's mercy for their day. Do you understand that? A lot of people think the law wasn't. No, the law was God's mercy for their day. To uphold the law of the sacrifices they had to bring was God being merciful to them where he could cover their sin and not have to wipe them out till Jesus could come and shed his blood. It was a merciful God doing... Listen, it started in the garden. It started in the garden. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they try to cover themselves with? Plants. But guess what? That ain't enough. That won't work. What did God do? He covered them with the skins of animals. Meaning what? Some animal shed its blood so God could cover them so he didn't have to wipe them out. Life's in the blood, like it or not. So understand the book of law here is, it, we would say it this way, is God's book of sayings. God's book of sayings. So it applies to us today because the New Testament said this was recorded for us to learn from. So we apply the Old Testament in light of the New so in light of the new, we would say this book of sayings, of God's sayings, what he tells us we should know and do, it's not to depart from where? Tell me. Tell me out loud, please. Well, why is that? Why does God not want his word to depart from your mouth? Because what you say long enough and believe in your heart, you will have. It's your rudder. It's, it's determining where your life's going to go. What if you keep saying what God says about you? Come on, what if you keep saying what God says about you? What if you keep saying what God says you can do? Amen. What if you keep saying who God says you are? Amen. Why would you not want to say that? Amen. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Watch, that you sh that, notice this, but you shall do what? Meditate. Underline it, meditate in it. Meditate in it, what? Day and night. Day and night. Notice that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, say then. Amen. Then you will make your way what? Prosperous. And then you will have what? Good success. If I am making my way prosperous and making my way successful by meditating on the word of God day and night, what am I going to walk in in the future? What God has prepared for me. I'm going to be equipped for whatever comes. Can I get a better amen? What if I'm not renewing my mind? What if I'm not practicing renewing my mind daily to the word? Then my soul is going to default to my old Adamic nature. I'm not going to have the word come to me immediately to show me right from wrong. Come on. My soul's not saved, so what's my soul going to default to? The old fleshly nature. And everything that comes out of your life that's of the fleshly nature reaps corruption according to the Bible. You sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you'll reap life. So again, you and I cannot, in the context of our life, we cannot wait until a situation comes and then think we're going to respond properly. We got to do what? Practice renewing our mind daily to the Word of God, which is good news. Why do you not want to renew your mind to good news? Why do so many people want to renew their mind to all the bad news in the earth? All the social media garbage going on. Anybody tells me they don't have time to meditate in the Word day and night, most people, most people, some exceptions, but most people that would say that, I would say, listen, if I had the time and I could just walk around with you and you not know I'm with you, I could point out all to your day times you would have time to meditate on the Word. 
that you're looking at your social media or you're watching TV or you're listening to the radio or you're reading something else. Don't tell me you don't have time to meditate on the good news. Well, the Bible's boring. Okay, so you're saying God's boring. Well, you haven't walked with God yet if you think he's boring. You might think you have, but God's not boring. You ever read about God in this Bible? I said, you ever read about God in this Bible? Daniel didn't think it was too boring. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't think it was too boring. Not when the fire furnace came. Come on, somebody. David didn't think it was boring when he faced Goliath. The only reason the Bible would be totally, completely out of place to an individual is they're not born again. Because if you're not born again, the Bible's foolishness to those who are perishing. It's spiritually discerned. But you and I got to understand, if you want to make your way prosperous, anybody want to do that? You want to have good success? Well, guess what? You determine that. God doesn't. God don't have favorites. God don't pick out one and say, I'm going to make sure their way is successful and prosperous, but not this one. Then he would be somebody who would be lying because the Bible says he has no favorites. Shows no partiality. What's the difference between the one walking in a successful life in relationship to living out the plan of God, what God has for him, and the ones that are not? The difference is, you ready? They meditate on the things of God. You don't. Or you meditate on the things of God and they don't. Whoever, whichever situation applies. The person that's walking in what they need to walk out and be fully equipped for what's ahead is the person that's practicing renewing their mind daily. How do we do that? You meditate. So you get the word preached, the milk, it helps you understand, learn things about you, learn things about what God says you can do, learns about what you have. Then you go back and you take the scriptures that you've been taught and you do what now? You meditate on them. You start meditating on them. Where should I start, Pastor? What do you need to work in in your life the most? What fears do you have? Go find answers to that. What challenges do you have? You got physical challenges? I'd be meditating on healing scriptures every day. I'd be de- How do you meditate on the Word? It ain't hard. It ain't hard. You start declaring what the Word says. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Every time you think about it, all through your day, day and night, thank you, Lord, by your stripes I'm healed. Body, you're healed because God said you're healed in Jesus' name. God sent his word and healed me. Therefore, praise God, body, you're healed in Jesus' name. Because Jesus, the word, came and healed me. And you just say it over and over and over again. Why? Because what you're doing is you're actually doing what? See, a lot of people say, but I'm just saying the same thing. Okay, let's go back to the bareback rider on the spur board. What's he doing? Same thing over and over and over again. Same movement over and over and over again. Come on, somebody. What's the batter in the cage doing? Same thing over and over and over again. What's the pitcher doing to, to perfect that curveball? Working on that same pitch. He does it over and over, literally thousands of times in his career. Nobody ever thinks that's crazy. Why do we think it's crazy to do this? Are you listening? See, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to just keep saying the same verse over and over again. How do you think that athlete got good at what they were doing? They did it over. They didn't think it was weird to keep doing it over and over again. Why do you think it's weird to say, just take, if you just took one verse on healing in a day and said it a thousand times, that's going to hurt you? That's going to be detrimental to you? No, you might actually start believing it. And you start believing it, you'll start speaking it. And you start speaking, I don't mean meditating, I mean declaring it. And when you start declaring it now with authority, guess what? It'll come to pass. See, the reason most Christians aren't fully equipped for what comes down the pike 
is because I don't want to take a census in here today. I would be sad to say that it would be quite embarrassing, but I would say most Christians in this room on the planet as a whole do not meditate on the Word of God day and night. Amen. They do not. And if you're not, guess what you're not doing? You're not practicing renewing your mind to discern good, evil. Right choice, wrong choice. So when something attacks my body, I say, nope, you don't have any right. This is what God says. When something attacks my body, I don't say, oh, my God. Oh, symptoms. Oh, what do I do? Oh, no, what am I going to do? You just accepted the package. Are you listening? But instead I say, nope, what does the Bible say about that? Well, I just don't believe you could do that. Well, the disciples did. Jesus did. He's your model. Come on, somebody. It doesn't mean we don't face challenges. We don't deny the existence of a challenge. We just deny it's right to stay that way. We have a God who shed his blood to change that. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad God didn't die just so you could say, hey, I go to, go to church and I'm going to go to heaven. God died so you could live a life of abundance. What did Jesus say in John 10, 10? Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that's not why I came. I came, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. So you and I have to realize this, folks. If you are not, this is so critical, number three. If you are not daily practicing the renewal of your mind by meditating on the word, listen to me, you're not going to be able to discern good and evil when the hard times hit. You're going to default to the flesh. Your confession is going to be a, a fleshly confession. Your flesh is going to be a fearful confession. Your fashion, listen, how do you know most people are not renewing their mind to the Word? We'll talk a little bit about that tonight in fear. I'll tell you why. They talk more about their circumstances and their problems than the Word of God. If you practice renewing your mind to the Word of God, guess what comes out of your mouth all the time? Word of God does. And the Word of God produces results. It's living and powerful. Any good amens today? If you don't learn to practice meditating on the Word of God daily, you're not renewing your mind. Hebrews 5, very clear according to Scripture. Hebrews 5, 14. You're not practicing renewing your mind. You're not going to mature. You're still on the milk. All you do is hear the Word preach. How do you get onto solid food? You meditate. Meditate's chewing on the Word. You're saying it over and over again. You're chewing on the Word. Jesus himself said, man doesn't live by bread alone, natural, natural means, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, how do I do that? You chew on it. Yeah, how do you chew on it? By declaring it, by speaking it. That's why he said, don't let it depart from your mouth. Because you are meditating on the Word and you're chewing on it. And guess what will happen? It will come into your heart and stay true revelation for you. Faith will help rise in connection with that Word and you'll be equipped for what comes. And then when you face challenges and stuff, you'll automatically know how to respond and react. Tell me that's not a good thing. Proverbs 16. Moving on. Proverbs 16. Didn't want to spend as much time on that as I did, but critical you understand. If all you're doing is hearing the word preached, you don't take time to do what Scripture says to chew on the word, to meditate on the word daily, to renew your mind. You're not going to be prosperous and have good success the way God wants you to. You're on your own. You're trying to work it out on your own. Do it yourself. But thank God we don't have to. Amen. I said, thank God we don't have to. How I many you know this? I'd love to just—I'd love to spend about three weeks just teaching on this one subject. God watches over His Word to perform it. What if you're not speaking it? He has nothing to perform. See, when you're meditating on the Word and speaking it, God watches over that Word to perform it. 
God says in Mark 16 that he will confirm his word with signs following. What's he confirm? His word. The word spoken. But he can't confirm anything that doesn't consistently get spoken. In James 3, your words are determining the outcome of your life. Start meditating on the word day and night. I said start meditating on the word day and night. I'll guarantee you most of us I know are probably not doing this. I'm trying to help you as your pastor. I love you. I care about you. I want you equipped for what's ahead. You're not going to discern good and evil if you don't do what? Practice renewing your mind daily to the word of God. Practice, practice. Never leave the practice pen of God's word daily. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. Let's move on. Verse 20. Underline this first part of the verse. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. Wow. He who heeds the word. He who heeds the word wisely, wisely will find good. God's word. If you heed God's word wisely, so you hear it and you do what it says. So I just told you to meditate on the word day and night. What if you start doing that? You'll find good. What if I don't do what the Bible says? You won't find good. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. One translation says, and it's probably more accurate, whoever trusts in the Lord will experience his favor. Because a lot of times happiness in relationship to us being happy in relationship in relating to God is his favors on us. His favors on us. Who is he who trusts in God? Well, obviously, the person who trusts in God is the one who heeds the word wisely. If you don't heed the word wisely, you don't trust God. I mean, what's the simple understanding of what trust is all about? I trust in you, therefore I trust in what you say. If I trust in what you say, I'm going to do what you tell me. If I don't trust you, I ain't doing what you tell me. Right? Why do most Christians not do what God says? Evidently, they don't trust him too much. Because if you trust him, why would you not heed the word wisely? If you heed the word wisely, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find good. Proverbs 30. We're going to go through quite a few verses here in Proverbs and Psalms for a minute. Oh, come on. Proverbs 30. We're on our next point here. I'm going to give it to you in just a minute. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. Say pure. Pure. Say it again. Every word of God is pure. That means that word is absolutely perfect. There is nothing about God's word imperfect. God's word is absolutely perfect. Nothing needs to change. In other words, you don't need to change anything about God's word. You just need to take it the way it says it. Every word of God is pure. Notice this. He's a shield to those, again, who put their trust in him. How do I put my trust in God? I do what he says. What if I don't do what he says? I don't put my trust in him. If I don't do what he says and I don't put my trust in him, guess what I'm lacking? His protection. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. What am I doing? I'm fully equipped for what's ahead. Because if I trust God and do what his word says, guess what? He's already putting a shield out there in front of me to protect me. Verse 6, do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. You know what that means? You don't need to add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. Take it for just what it says. How many are ready for point number four in our series? That's three of you. How many are ready? 
Number four, now I know this will sound simple, and I know it will sound like maybe you're already doing it, but I'm here to challenge you on this today. Number four, you have to make God's Word your final authority. You have to make God's Word your final authority. There's many things that we allow as authorities in our life. What if my parents tell me something that's contrary to the Word? No, Word's final authority. What if my circumstances tell me something contrary to the Word? Nope, doesn't mean they're not true, but the Word's final authority. See, what if the Word's final authority? You're going to trust God. If the Word is my final authority, you know what that means? You ready? You ready? I don't argue with. I don't try to reason out. I don't try to explain away. And I don't try to make my, the Word fit my lifestyle. I don't try to change it. I believe everything. I, I believe this is our confession. We say it all the time. I believe I'm exactly who He says I am. I believe I can do exactly what He says I can do. I believe I have exactly what He says I have. Oh, if Christians could live that out. If you believe who God says you are, then you're trusting in God. If you do what God says you can do, then you're trusting God. If you obviously, again, know I have what God says I have and act on it, you're trusting God. But if you're not, you're not trusting Him. Why would a person not trust Him? His Word's not final authority in your life. I want want to make this clear. What's trust? I'm doing what He said. I'm believing what He said. I'm acting on what He said. That's trusting Him. What if I'm not doing what He said? What if I don't believe what He said? What if I'm not acting on what He said? I'm not trusting Him. Why would you not trust God? Because His Word's not final authority in your life. Somebody else's. Your Word. Somebody else's Word. The circumstances Word. Circumstances talk to you. How many know this? Situations in life talk to you. Other people talk to you. The world tries to talk to you. You talk to yourself. You still here? You know how many times I've tried to reason myself out of who I am? As a child of God? But see, when God's Word's final authority, you shut all that down. You say, nope, I believe I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. Everything the Bible tells me I can do, I believe I can do it. And I have what God says I have. Because God doesn't lie. His Word is proven. His Word is pure. His Word is perfected. There's nothing about His Word that's a lie or untrue. It's been refined over and over again and tried and proven out to be true every single time anybody ever truly trusted in God. So again, uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 30, verse 5, every word of God again is per- pure, perfect, absolute, doesn't need to be changed, don't need to be added or taken away from, and therefore He's a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Amen. But what if I don't put my trust in Him? What if I don't actually put God's Word into practice into my life? Then it's not final authority. So that's my point, number four. God's Word has to be final authority in your life. I challenge you today as I'm about to go through some verses with you to look at your life and recognize are there some areas where God's Word is not final authority? Turn to Psalm while I'm talking here. Go to the book of Psalms. We're going to look at a bunch of Psalms here. Psalm 18 to start with. Psalm 18. So you just back up. Book of Psalms, you'll be good for a while. We're just going to cruise through some Psalms here. Psalm 18, turn there. So what do you mean words final authority? Okay, do I have the friends God says I should have? Am I listening to voices that I should listen to? Am I listening to voices I shouldn't listen to? You know, the Bible tells you who to listen to. You know, the Bible tells you who not to listen to. You know, the Bible tells you who to associate with. You know, the Bible tells you who not to associate with. Yet, why do so many Christians associate with people they shouldn't? 
Why do Christians still listen to stuff the Bible tells them they shouldn't be listening to? Gossip, air, tail-bearing. Why? Why did they do it? I'm going to tell you why. God's Word is not final authority. See, what people have never liked about me as a pastor, the ones that don't like our church, just being honest. I challenge you to see if this isn't true. What people don't like about this church is now going into its 32nd year of existence is because to me, I'm stuck on one thing, absolute truth. I don't care what you think. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care about what you want to do. I don't care about your lifestyle. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. I don't care if it upsets you. I, I'm not going to say it in a harsh way or try to hurt you. I'm just saying I'm sticking with the Bible, period. Amen. That's it. Because God's word is truth. It's absolute. My opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. My feelings don't matter. Your feelings don't matter. If I go by my feelings, I'm going to get hurt. If I go by my feelings, I'm going to do things that's going to put me under the fleshly nature, and therefore Satan can rule my life and take advantage of me. When you're led by your feelings, I'm going to tell you what. If we could do it in the natural, it would be so more easier to prove it to you. When you're led by your feelings, it's like sticking a, a nose ring in your nose and hooking a rope to it, and we're just yanking you around. If people can yank your chain and get to you, God's Word's not final authority. When God's Word's final authority, you respond the way the Word of God tells you to respond, not the way you want to on the inside, not the way your flesh wants to, your carnal nature wants to. Come on. Who are you listening to? What friends do you still have on Facebook that are in error or, or deceived? And you're watching their posts and you're reading their posts. What news media do you listen to? Come on, somebody. What television shows do you watch? What movies do you go watch? What friends do you have in your life today? Are they sold out believers, solid in God? Amen. Friendships. I'm talking about people, they influence you, you influence them. There's a difference between me being friendly with somebody who obviously may not know God very well, and I'm helping them walk with God. But I'm not going to go hang out and do what they want to do. And I'm not going to let them feed me all the garbage they want to feed me, saying what they want to say. I'm going to do the feeding, because I'm the one trying to bring them out of that old carnal nature. Right. Amen. Isn't that right? How many of you want to forgive every time somebody wrongs you? <laughs> but it ain't based on what you want to do. See, if God's word's final authority, you know what that means? You're no longer on the throne of your life. <laughs> you know how many Christians get born again and at some point they take their lordship back? <laughs> what does the Bible say about raising kids? What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about your church attendance? Well, I don't have to go to church. Oh, okay, high and mighty lordship one. Is God's word final authority in your life or isn't it? Because what you don't realize is by making those decisions, you've taken your lordship back. And by taking your lordship back, God's word's not final authority. God's word, who is final authority to those who live it out, are putting their trust, or the people that put God's word as their final authority are putting their trust in him. And guess what's going to be the end result? Good. Is it easy? Let me help you. No. Making God's word final authority in your life is not easy. It is not. It'll challenge everything about your fleshly nature to the core. You still here? But if we make God's word final authority, guess what? God's word then becomes a lap to our feet and a light to our path. And it's truth that sets us free. So the knock that I have is I won't bend or break based on what people want me to say. I won't tell people what they want to hear. I'm going to tell them what the Bible says. You know how many people have come to me for help and said, well, I don't go to pastor anymore. They've told other people this. I don't go to pastor anymore. You know why? Because he ain't helping me at all. 
I'd ask yourself a question. What is he telling you? Does he tell you what the Bible says to do about that? You know, I've had people literally say this. I'm not joking. I wish I, had a record. I, wish I could have recorded it. Now, he'll tell you what the Bible says, but, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why add a but? If I tell you what the Bible says, why, why do you want to throw a but in there? I'll tell you why. Because you don't have God's word as final authority. You know what I want to know when I go to somebody to get direction for my life? What does the Bible say? Period. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your mama thought. I don't care what your grandma or grandpa thought. God bless them all. But I don't care what they think. Their opinion is nothing to me. I'll tell you, I want one opinion. His. Because he's smarter than us all. I love my family, but I'm in no way going to violate what God's word says to honor my family in a way that would violate honoring God. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. This is what Satan does to get us over in that old uh, lovey-dovey, selfish concept, fleshly nature that we want to please everybody, appease everybody, and be appeased instead of doing what the Word says. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, there's an old statement. It's actually true. Truth hurts sometimes. What's it hurt? The fleshly nature. Can I get a better amen? Amen. No pain, no gain. gain. (laughs) Right? Got to deal with that and say, okay, I got to correct that. I got to change that. Amen. All my life, people have told me, you emphasize church attendance too much because the Bible does. Right. You emphasize uh, word, the word too much because the Bible does. Yes. Word needs to be the center part of your life because that's God. Yes. Can I get a better amen? amen? So I'm tired of going to him because he just can't help me. He just can't change me. Oh, does he not? Now, if I don't know the Bible, you're right. I couldn't help you. I couldn't change it. And if I did know the Bible, say, you know what? I'm not real sure what the Bible says about that. I'm either going to find out or I'm going to send you somebody that will. Right. Amen. We, don't need, we don't need to send you to 50 therapists and all these, you know, suke counselors are going to do nothing but mess with your soul and never tell you what the Bible says to renew your mind to change all that so you can walk in the reality of the truth. Right. I never saw Jesus saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know what God says about this. Let me send you this therapist down the street here. Nope. Nor the disciples. You know why? Because you should know what the Word says. Amen. What if people are telling you what the Bible says? You got what you needed. You just may not have wanted to hear it. That's right. Come on. Good word. Amen. A lot of people, all oh, they say they want to know what the Bible says, but then you tell them, all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I didn't want to know what the Bible said. Why do you think we live in a day that the Word of God says there'll be so many teachers? You can heap them up and they'll tickle your... If they're tickling your ears, let me tell you what they're not doing. They're not teaching you absolute truth. They are not. They're, they're telling what you want to hear. It's like Pastor said about the false prophets, and it's so true. It's amazing how people flock to these churches. Well, I know, I know these people. We've talked about it. I know. I'm not going to reveal them publicly. You should know the difference between who you should listen to who you shouldn't listen to. But these big, famous churches bring these people in because everybody wants to hear what they have to say. You know why? Because they're going to tell them what they want to hear. Not what God said. One thing I loved about our pastor, Carrie Goodman asked me this question during the run-up to the election. She said, have you got any idea or any take on whether Dr. Barclay thinks President Trump will be reelected?" I said, I do. Has he said uh, what, who he thinks will be elected? No, I don't. We even, Pastor and I talked about this when he was here. I said, no, he hasn't said. Who do you think? I think he knows it'll be Biden. I can just tell by his demeanor and the way he talks about it. I think, why didn't he say anything? I'm going to tell you why. Like God said all through the Bible, I don't need to try to find people that I can speak to that can hear me. I need to find people that when I speak to them, they don't tell, them everything. They don't tell everybody everything I say. You know what he was doing during that whole time frame? He was helping thousands of people going through COVID. 
Lots of people were, remember, weekly tuning in to hear him on a live stream to help them with, to understand, to deal with this COVID thing and what you need to do biblically for your family. Come on. And building people in the Word. What if he just stood up in the midst of that and said, guess what? Trump's not going to be reelected. You know how many of those people would have bailed on him? I'm going to tell you why. Because he wasn't saying what they wanted to hear. Are you listening? By the way, we don't have, in context of the Bible, we don't have prophets in the context of the New Testament prophesying who's the, who the next president's going to be. We just need to be doing what? Praying and doing our part, what we, need, what we know to do as a believer in the midst of all that and continue to walk with God. Amen. I wish this gentleman wasn't in office. But you know what? Things happen you don't control all the time. But it doesn't change my God. I said it doesn't change my God. I think they're doing much harm to our country. I do, but it doesn't change my God. They can't harm my God. They can't harm my God. They can't harm me. Are you listening? Come on, man. I mean, a king tried it. Throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into that fire first. And by the way, stoke it seven times hotter. Did they hurt him? Who was in the midst of the fire with him? Jesus was. Tell me that ain't a good word. So you and I got to make God's word final authority. We need to look at every aspect of our life and say, am I really doing what the Bible says? You know another, oh man, there's so many verses coming to me. The Bible said, how many want to be a disciple of Jesus and stay that way? Jesus said, if you're my disciple, you can't love father, mother, brother, sister, or your own life more than me. What about spouse? See, father and mother, brother, sister, spouse, and or Myself, don't determine what I do. God determines what I do. Amen. And if a father, mother, brother, sister, or even myself wants to do something contrary to God, guess what? They get voted down. Amen. If God's word's final authority, I do what God says, and guess what the end result is? We just read it a minute ago in Proverbs. It's going to be good. Amen. Are you still here? Amen. Look at all these verses. Watch this. Proverbs, Psalm 18. This includes how you think about yourself. You speak bad about yourself, you aren't going by what God's Word says. You make God's Word final authority, you won't say things about you God doesn't say about you. You're going to say what God says about you. I've had to deal with this in my life. Psalm 18, 28. For you, God, you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For Notice this, by you I can run against a troop. I say that's fully equipped for what's ahead. For by you, by who God, by God, I can what? I can run against the truth. By my God, I can do what? Leap over a wall. Yeah. How? Look at verse 30. As for God, his way is what? Perfect. Perfect. The word of the Lord is what? Perfect. Proven. And he is a shield to all who do what? But they're trusting him. There you go again. Amen. See, why would you not want to make God's word final authority? In every realm of your life. Every realm of your life. Your flesh ain't going to always want to go to church. Your flesh ain't always going to want to fellowship with God. Your flesh ain't going to ever want to do much of anything that's of God because your flesh is contrary to God. Right. You're not supposed to be ruled by your flesh. Right. Amen. An athlete's flesh doesn't want to go out and practice more. They want to go lay on the couch like everybody else, eat chips and watch TV. But they choose otherwise. Right. I said they choose otherwise. Amen. You're living in a dark day. You want to be fully equipped? You better start doing what is necessary to be spiritually equipped for what's coming. Amen. And to do that, God's Word better become final authority in your life Amen. if it's not already. Amen. In every realm, every area. Amen? Amen? Read it again. You'll light my lamp. How? Through His Word. 
You, Lord, will do what? Enlighten my darkness. How? Through his word. Because by you I can run against a troop. How? By his word. By my God, his way is, uh, by my God I can leap over a wall. How? Because his word shows you how. Verse 8 says so. As for God, his way again is what is it? It's perfect. So why would you not want to do it God's way? Because your flesh doesn't want to. The word of the Lord is what? It is proven. And again, he's a shield to all who do what? Trust in him. Listen, folks, again, even talking about yourself, you better not be saying stuff about yourself that God doesn't say. Psalm 33. Now realize, we'll talk about this tonight, dealing with fears. Realize you not saying about yourself what God doesn't say about you doesn't mean God's mad at you. He's not. He's disappointed because it hurts him to see you belittle yourself when you're not speaking of who you really are in God. Oh, I've done it for years. Kathy can tell you. I spent a lot of my years, man, every time I'd make a mistake, goof up, you idiot, you dummy, you, you, you're so stupid, why'd you do that? And God finally corrected me one day, he said, who are you talking about? Amen. Well, I'm talking about me. No, you're not. Amen. Well, yeah, I am. Look what I just did. You're not talking about you. You're talking about your old flesh. You're a spirit. I made you perfect. You're not talking about the guy on the inside that I said this is who he is. You're talking about the guy on the outside who just goofed up or made a mistake in the flesh. That's not who you are. You're not a body. You're not a soul. You're a spirit, Daryl. You're a spirit. You're my child. You're made perfect in my image and in my likeness. You say who I say you are. Don't you ever say something contrary to who I say you are. You know what? Think about it this way. How many of you parents would put up with somebody walking up? You got good kids and they walk up and say, your kids are such idiots, man. They're so stupid. They got to be the dumbest people on the planet. I think a box of rocks is smarter than your kids. How many of you going to sit there and say, well, thank you. Thank you for that compliment. If you love your kids, you know what you're going to do as a parent? You're going to say, uh... Now listen, I'm a believer, so I could really want to get in the flesh here. I'm not going to in Jesus' name. But what, you better watch what you're saying about my, those are my kids. I have a question. So what about you? You're God's kid. Run yourself down. Belittle yourself. What do you think God the Father thinks about that? If you as a natural parent don't like it when people do it with your kids, what do you think God feels about it when you do it with Him? Quit saying who you think you are. Say who God says you are. Because the Bible's clear as to who you are. You're just not seeing yourself from a spiritual perspective. Psalms 33, verse 4. You ready for this? Watch all these verses. The word of the Lord again is what? It's right. And all his work is done in what? Truth. Whose way is right? God's way. God's way is right. God's word is his way. That way is right. And therefore his work is done in truth. And what does truth do? Truth sets you free. 89. Psalm 89. Come on. We're going to cruise through. There's far more than this. Man, I'm just going to barely touch the surface about the power of God's Word. All these verses should reveal to you why you should want to make His Word final authority. Because His Word is what? Right. So if I say something about me that the Bible doesn't say, who's right and who's wrong? God's right. You're wrong. You're an idiot. Wrong. Come on. I'm stupid. Wrong. Any amens today? I could never do anything right. Wrong. That's not what God's Word says about you. You're going by the natural. Come on, somebody. God's Word is right. What does God's Word say about you? Psalm 89, 34. My covenant. This is powerful. My covenant I will not break. Where do we find His covenant? In the Word. 
My covenant I will not break, nor alter, listen to this, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. You know what? God never changes his word. It's absolute. He didn't alter it at all. So you quit trying to alter it. I said, you quit trying to alter it. Don't try to take the word to fit your situation. Bible scholars know this. If you understand and learn about studying the Bible, the challenge for every Bible scholar is to not take those verses and make them say what I want them to say. A good Bible scholar has to deal with himself continually to say, I can't take the Bible to try to make it to say what I want it to say. Because you can take any verse in the Bible out of its setting and make it say what you want it to say. But that, not, that may not mean what it means. Psalm 119. Look at all these powerful scriptures, man. Powerful scriptures. He doesn't change his word. He doesn't alter it one bit. So you don't need to alter it. You need to make it final authority. 119. And don't just think you are. Because I will promise you every day, you're going to have to make sure you're working to keep it as final authority in your life. You have to examine decisions you're making and what you're doing and say, does that line up with the word? Because if it don't, I I better fix it. If I'm going to trust God, I better fix it. If you're not lining your life up with the Word, guess what? You're not trusting God, you're trusting in you. Amen. Psalm 119, you're still with me, aren't you? Yeah. Verse 11, Psalm 119, verse, Psalm 119, verse 11. Your Word I have what? Hint in my heart that I might not what? Sin against you. So if we take His Word serious and we hide that Word in our heart, that will help us to not violate what He knows we shouldn't do. Again, making it what? Final authority. Same Psalm, 119, down a little further, verse 42. So shall I have... I had a hard time picking out which ones I wanted to show you because there's a ton of them. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me. Watch, for I trust in your word. You want to know the right thing to say when you face somebody? You want to know the right thing to say in response to what somebody's doing in a situation with you? I'll tell you what. If you make God's word final authority, you'll know exactly what you need to say when that situation comes. You know what that means? You'll be fully equipped for what's ahead. Because if you think you already have a patent answer, I'll guarantee you what, you're already in trouble. A little further down, verse 67, same Psalm, 119, 67. Notice this, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before in my life, I was afflicted and I did what? I went astray. But now, now I keep your word. Meaning what? I'm no longer afflicted and I no longer go astray. You know how many Christians cause their own afflictions? And stray from God simply because they don't what? They don't keep his word. Doesn't fit their situation. I want to keep that friend. I don't want, you know, a lot of people want to keep friends they shouldn't. Well, I don't want them to think I don't like them. Well, where in the Bible does it say you got to have everybody like you? You walk in love with everybody. But if the Bible warns me, time to end this situation, end this relationship, sorry, man, I'm obeying the Bible. I'm going to guard my heart because that's where life comes out of. A little further down, you still with me? Verse 89, same Psalm. Verse 89, 119.89. Forever, O Lord, your word is what? It is settled in heaven. Say it's settled. settled. Where? In heaven. It's settled with God. So that means what? You need to settle it with you. Amen. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Excuse me. You establish the earth and it abides. How did he establish the earth? By his word. Verse 105, same song. Here it is. Your word is a... Lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
If you walk in the lamp and the light, guess what you're doing? You're walking in the truth. And what does the truth do again? Sets you free. Same chapter, 119, a little further down, verse 162. 119, 162. I rejoice at your word. What should you rejoice at? God's word. Why? As one who finds great treasure. God's word is an incredible treasure to be found for all who are willing to receive it. So how do I make God's word final authority? Glad you asked. James chapter 1 in closing. Go there for a moment. James chapter 1, I'll show you. James teaches us how to do this. And James is the one who effectively declares again the significance of what comes out of your mouth. That's determined where you go. That has a lot to do with what obviously you feed on, which includes the Word of God. God's Word, say it, needs to be final authority in my life. So that means whatever God says goes. Whatever God says I do about a given situation, that's what I do. Like it or not, that's what I do. Whatever God says about me, that's what I say. Whatever God says I can do, that's what I'm going to do. Come on, somebody. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can, uh, I can do. When my body says, uh, nope, you're this and this and this, nope, I have what God says I have. God's Word's final authority. When you live by this, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. James chapter 1. So how, how do we make God's Word final authority? Good question. Let's find out. Ready? 21. 121. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. You can't keep taking in all the things of the world and see this work for you. And, underline this please, receive with meekness the implanted word. Listen, which is able to save your souls. Oh, my soul was saved. No, your spirit was saved. Your soul is not. Mind, will, and emotions. It has to be renewed. And the key for that to happen is God's word has to become what? Final authority in your life. If God's word's final authority in my life, I've done what this verse says. I receive it with meekness and it gets implanted in me. I receive it with meekness. Uh, so how do I receive the word of God with meekness? Really, really simple. Really simple. I do not alter God's word. I take God's word the way he says it. Period. Here's a way to describe meekness. You ready? You receive the word without dispute or resistance. You receive the word without dispute or resistance. You don't dispute about it and you don't resist it. You just do it. You just do it. So that's the term here to receive the word of God with meekness. The Greek language says you receive it without dispute. You don't dispute it and you don't do what? You do not resist it. When you choose to not say what God says about you, you're resisting the word. You're disputing the word. Now, you might not be doing it on purpose, but I'm just telling you, that's why you've got to renew your mind daily. Come on. Practice renew your mind daily so you start correcting what obviously comes out of your mouth. Drop down a little further, please, if you'd look at this in verse 25. Verse 20, no, excuse me, verse 26. Uh, nope, 25, had it right. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's God's word. What is God's word? It's a spiritual law. How do you know? What's upholding the world, the Bible says? His word. It's a spiritual law. It comes to pass. If you look into this law of what? Liberty. What does God's word bring? What does God's word bring? Liberty. It liberates you from the old fleshly nature. Notice, and you continue in it. If you look to it and you continue in it, and you're not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be what? He'll be blessed in what he does. 
So you have to do what? To be obviously be blessed in what you do as it comes to the Word. God's Word must be final authority in my life. Period. If God's Word isn't final authority, you're not going to say about you what God says about you. You're not going to say you have what God says you have. You're going to say what your circumstances say you have. How many know your situation at that time, that could be the circumstances you're facing. But if God says he's already done something about that, and God says this is what you have, I know this is what it's telling you, but this is what you have. You start believing God's word, that's where faith kicks in. And faith will change what you see. Can I get a better amen? amen? And finally, I can do... What God says I can do. Don't say you can't have the kind of friends God says you're to have. And don't say you can't walk out what God says you can walk out. And don't say you can't accomplish what God says you can accomplish. Because if you do that, again, God's word is not final authority. Examine your life, church. Examine your life. I would look at these three simple areas when it comes to God's word in my life. Do I personally believe I am who God says I am? Do I really believe that? Well, your words will reveal that or not. Your words will reveal that. Do I believe I am who God says I am? What if I don't believe I am who God says I am? You better go find out who God says you are, and you better start doing what? Meditating on that. Make his word final authority. Come on, somebody. Do you know you're an heir of God? Woo, come on. Do you know you're a joint heir with Jesus? Do you know you're more than a conqueror? Are you listening? Do you know you're above and not beneath? Do you know you're the head and not the tail? Do you know you're the redeemed of the Lord? Do you know you have the blessing of Abraham? Then why don't we start believing it and acting like it and saying it? Because we're not making God's word final authority. So one, I've got to make sure I believe that I am who God says I am. Two, I've also got to do what? Believe that I can do what God says I can do. Whatever God says I can do, I've got to look to the Bible. And if God says this is what I'm to do, then guess what? I can do that. God would never ask me to do something I can't do. I can do everything God says that he's told me I can do. You listening? And the third part, what's the third part? I not only believe I am who he says I am, I not only believe I can do what he says I can do, I believe I have what he says I have. Whatever God says I have, no matter my circumstances, I believe God's word. If he says I have it, then I have it. And that's what I'm going to act upon. That's what I'm going to believe in. And if I act upon that and believe in it, James 1, I'll be blessed. I'll be blessed with it. Because truth trumps everything. You listening? It's like, like Brother Mises said many, many times. You look at anything in the natural, that could be a fact, but truth will change it. Jesus went into the grave. That was a fact. Jesus died on a cross. That was a fact. Jesus went to hell itself. That was a fact, but truth changed it. Truth brought him out. Because God's word said in three days he will come up out of that grave. And truth changed the facts. He did die, but truth changed it. Truth brought him back to life. You listening? He did go into hell, but truth brought him out of there. Truth, truth caused him to ascend to heven because God said he would. Truth to change anything about your life if you just make God's word final authority. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. 
you will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.